This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. That is so, so cool. And thank you, thank you. If you were a youth sponsor and you went on that trip, you know what, thank you. Thank you for taking uh, the bull by the horns, right, and running with that and uh, getting us, getting our teens there because I truly believe it was a worthwhile event. Well, good morning. Good morning, Life Change. I hope that you are doing well. Pastor Ron is obviously not here, and he is on a well, well-deserved vacation, and so we're glad that he's able to get some downtime, and so you can be praying for him that he just gets rested, that the, him and Brenda just have some fun and enjoy just uh, warm weather, and uh, we just, just, just pray for him, just pray for him as he just uh, gets recharged, all right? That's what we want to do. Um, if you don't know, my name's Chad Brown, I'm the executive pastor here, and I'm excited to share this message with you this morning, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. A couple of months ago, Pastor Ron said, hey, I'm going to be going on vacation. Do you want to preach? The answer is always yes, Pastor Ron. Yes. Yes. I will gladly preach whenever you need me to preach. But then he goes, he goes, I want you and Tracy to preach together. And I said, do you know how hard that is to do tag team preaching? It is hard. He goes, that's all right. You guys can handle it. And I was like, I know, but it's hard. (laughs) You realize how hard it is. And so then I went back to Tracy and I said, I had to ask Tracy, see if she's up to it. And Tracy was like, yeah, 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 let's do it. She was excited to do it. And so uh, Pastor Ron said, hey, this is what I want you to do. Uh, Because we are still relatively new here. um, We are still uh, learning a lot of people's names, learning a lot of people, uh, their background, their history and all that's getting to know you guys. He said, I want you to give some testimony. I want you to just give some life stories of where God has brought you. And I thought, okay, I guess we can do that and uh, try to have some fun with it and all that good stuff. Um, we want to take you on a journey this morning to tell you a little bit about ourselves. Right, Trace? Right. And um, the first time that I preached here at LCC, I told you the story of how Tracy and I met, right? And, and so um, Tracy said, well, good, I'm glad I get to be up there with you because now I can correct you right in the moment instead of afterwards when we get home. You know, she wants to make sure I'm telling stories accurately, Somebody right? Somebody asked me this morning to retell it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh-huh. And I thought, I can tell us, my stories are pretty accurate. Okay, you did say yeah. I had pretty hair. So uh-huh. That was pretty good. But you know, there are many, many things that I'm thankful for in this life. Many things that I'm thankful for. But you know what? At the top of that list is this godly woman right here. I am so glad. I'm so glad God brought us together. I'm so glad for the gifts that God has given to her. I'm so glad for the marriage that we have. I'm so glad for the love that she has for our children and our grandchildren and and the love that she has for me over 28 years. I'm so glad that she just radiates Christ. She's a beautiful woman inside and out. I'm so thankful that God gave, gave us to each other and we're able to do life together. 
And you know, one yeah, of the verses. I will verse... correct you. I will correct you. That, was, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. One of the verses that we have kind of. Uh, pushed into, that we have leaned into from Scripture has been Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And if you've been around in the church long enough, you'll be like, yeah, I, I know that verse. That, that verse rings a bell. Now, you may not be able, hopefully you can like spit it out right here. I mean, you've got it memorized. But I bet if I were to say the first couple of words, you then for sure would be ready. You'd for sure have it in your memory, right? So here's what I want us to do. I want us to say this together. I want to hear you, church, okay? I, I love, I need response, right? I need to hear you. So I want to hear you read this verse with me. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. He will direct your paths. I don't know about you, but have you ever said these words or this question, Lord, can you just give me some direction? Can you just tell me what to do? Lord, do I go to the right or go to, do I go to the left? Do I go through this door? Do I go through that door? God, can you just give me some direction? I know in Trace and I's life, we have asked that question many, many times. And over the course of the last 28 years, that is exactly what God has done for us in our marriage and in our family and in our ministry. So what we want to do this morning is, is break this verse down and, and tell you some experiences from our journey where these verses have come, have come to life for us. They've come to life for us. We have, we have finally, or hopefully I should say, understand what this verse is really about. It took us a lot of time to get that first part. Trust in the Lord, right? With all your heart. It took us a lot of time. Lean not on our own understanding, because guess what? I want to understand things. Anybody else in the room wants to understand what's going on? Yeah. But I can't. That's not what Scripture says. Lean on, lean, lean on Chad's understanding. You're going to be okay. We're all in trouble with that one. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. All of my ways, and He's going to, he's going to keep my path straight. And before we start telling you stories about our life, we were, we were sitting watching. One of the things that Trace and I like to do a lot is we like to go to the movies when we can and uh, have a date night. And uh, I like to eat popcorn. Uh, I just pig out on popcorn. And uh, she, she tricked me twice. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've men ever been tricked by your, by your spouse. Um, she tricked me twice to go see Mamma Mia. And frozen? Yes. Frozen? Yes. And it wasn't until I sat down, and she did this, she did this purposely. It wasn't until I sat down with my big tub of popcorn and, and my big. running down his lip. Oh, yes. Got a butter. Got a butter. And he looked at me and said, Is this a musical? <laughs> and I said, Just eat your popcorn. Oh, and she and tricked was. me. And I did. I <laughs> ate it. I was happy because that's all I need is popcorn, and I don't really care what's being shown, right? <laughs> But that's just how we enjoy life a little bit. But, you know, we were at home one night watching a movie, and uh, it, was actually, it was actually The Matrix. And we were watching The Matrix together, and one of the lines in The Matrix, it said this, comprehension is not a, a, request, a requisite for cooperation. Let me say that again because I kind of stuttered there. Comprehension is not a requisite for cooperation. And we both looked at each other, and we were like, dude... And we call each other dudes a lot, yeah. Dude, that's like, that's like our life statement right there. That's our life statement. 
in that sentence encapsulates our entire life. And I like to say it though, I like to say it this way. Comprehension is not required for cooperation. It's basically the same thing, but comprehension, understanding, me understanding what's going on is not required for cooperation for me to cooperate with God. Because I have to cooperate with God in order for God to continue to move in my life. If I don't cooperate with God, he's going to say, fine, you stand there, you sit there, you just hang out there. That's the free will he's given us. There's a cooperation that happens, right? And so I don't have to understand everything to go on to cooperate with God. And so let's break this Proverbs down a little bit farther. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There has to be trust in our lives. Lean not on our own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. If our goal is for God to direct our path, then we have to go back to the beginning of the verse, which is what? What's that first word, church? Trust. Trust. We have to trust him. Yeah, and that's where we love that, that line. Comprehension is not required for cooperation. But I'll tell you what, when we cooperate with God, it goes so much smoother. Would you guys agree with that? And kind of like Chad said, it took us a little while for us to understand that. Um, the first time, at least in our marriage, that where that really came true was um, right after we got married. Now, I don't know about you guys, but back in the day, and maybe even still now, you have to have like a five-year plan, right? or a 10 year, and people would like be like, so what's your five year plan? Oh, it's this, or maybe in a job interview or whatever. So we kind of had this idea of how our life was gonna go. It just showed how young and immature we were. Um, and even when Chad asked my parents to um, make, if he could marry me, like part of the whole conversation, in fact, the very beginning was, but don't worry, we're gonna finish college first and we're not gonna have a baby for like five years. That was our plan, right? Well talking about trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding. Eight months after we got married, in the middle of college, I got pregnant. And so therefore, it was like, okay, so I guess it's not gonna go the way that we thought it was gonna go, right? And we immediately had to course correct and we had to change what our plan was and get into that cooperation with God. And so that was kind of just the beginning of that trust journey. And I know that we're gonna share some things with you guys that maybe you can relate to, maybe you can't, but I have a feeling the Holy Spirit is gonna kind of bring some things to your mind, either that have passed where you go, oh yeah, God, you really are faithful. You really did work all things out for the good. Or maybe you're going through something now that God just wants you to rest in him, trust in him, and don't and lean not on your own understanding. And don't ask that question why. It's not such a great question. Has anybody ever asked that question of the Lord? Anybody, please, somebody, anybody? Yeah, okay, why? Not a good question. Because it really doesn't matter why, right? Comprehension is not required for cooperation. Even though we don't understand why, we can still cooperate. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stories here that we're skipping over um, from our from our, the pregnancy of our first child to uh, this next story that I want to tell you. But you know what? Uh, I got uh, we tr- planted a church in Howell, and and I'll be honest with you, after four or five years of that, I was completely burned out. 
Um, I didn't understand the team's mentality. I didn't understand a whole lot about leadership. We were very young. Uh, we planted that church at how old? 20, 23 years old. 23 years old. We planted that church. And so we were very young uh, with what we were doing, what was going on. And after four and a half years of pouring our life into this, we, five years we got burned out. Um, and uh, one of my mentors said, hey, Chad, why don't you come work for me? And it was actually from Tracy's home church and over in Washington, Michigan, and there we had such deep friendships there. And, and I respected, obviously, my mentor so much. I loved him so much. And I was like, yes, I, I would love just to sit under you. I would love just to get healing again. I'd love to be able to hang out with some friends that, that we have longed just to be with. And so we went over to Washington, Michigan, had an incredible time. That church was about four or six uh, five or six hundred people and our youth ministry was over a hundred we have over we had over 30 uh, adult volunteers that were pouring their life into the these kids these teens and i mean it was just it was just a rocking godly time being a youth pastor and and we loved every moment of it tracy was, was uh, in the process of raising our, our our children and and being involved in the church and being involved with youth ministry she actually started when you started um ordination classes to become an ordained minister or was that a little bit later? I don't remember, actually. Yeah, I don't remember that either. like a very long process. It was. Many of you don't know this. Tracy is an ordained minister within the Wesleyan Church. Wesleyan Church is our background. And the elders and Pastor Ron said, okay, we'll accept you, Wesleyan. That's all right. Come on over. <laughs> and so uh, we still carry credentials within the Wesleyan Church. And we're still excited to be part of a non-denominational church. But, um, I mean, it was it was fantastic. And within the Wesleyan Church at that time, actually still today, when senior leadership retires or resigns, the entire staff has to resign. And they do that to protect, to protect the new senior pastor coming in so that that person can hire the staff that they want. Okay, And so it's a, it's a very good policy. I agree with the policy. So our senior pastor, my mentor, resigned and uh, became what's called a, a general superintendent, uh, I'm sorry, a district superintendent. He moved up and uh, that left me without a job. And so we're like, okay, God, what do you want? We love it here. We've got family here. Do you want us to put our resume in to, to, see, to ask to stick around and all this stuff? And all of a sudden, this, the, the, the sweetest job, I, the, I mean, just the perfect job for me opened up. And it was over in Buffalo. It was Eastern Hills. And this was a God move. I don't know how God made it even happen. But the, the what's that? No, nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, my, the title was Celebrative Arts. I was a Celebrative Arts pastor, and Tracy was uh, the assistant women's director. And so we both had full-time jobs in this in this incredible church. It was 3,500 people, and I had 300 volunteers uh, that I oversaw. And I had anything that happened on the stage, from the lights to the cameras to the sound to we back then we had drama, we did huge musicals, we had big choirs. We, I mean, you name it, whatever happened to worship leading. I mean, we had the most phenomenal professional. These guys came right out of studios and they were part of our of Saturday night and Sunday morning, three services and rehearsals. They were just committed because they just loved to just jam and to worship Jesus Christ. And we had a blast doing it. Just a blast doing it. I was part of a creative team where I would take our pastor's messages and I'd put creative thoughts to it. And, and that's what they, they hired me for was, quite frankly, for my mind. And so... I you got not there. Your good looks? Not my good looks. No, no. For your brain? no okay. just for my brain. Good looks was yeah, <laughs> that's bonus. That is a, that was a bonus. <laughs> but not too long into this, all of a sudden, I developed. I had a seizure, 
And I was like, what in the world is that? In fact, I woke up in the middle of a seizure with a paramedic over me trying to put something in my arm, and I literally picked this paramedic up. He weighed over 200 pounds, and I threw him up against the wall. And I said, what are you doing? And uh, he goes, hey, hey, settle down, settle down. We're just trying to help you. You had a seizure. What are you talking about? No, I didn't. And they strap me down. I'm being strapped down in this, and they take me to the hospital. And, and the funny thing is, this paramedic, he says, he goes, hey, he goes, hey Pastor Chad, I, I'm Joe. I go to your church. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, that was the, that was the best call I've had in a long time. I can't believe you picked me up, and you threw me up against the wall. He goes, that was awesome. I'm so glad to meet you. Welcome to our church. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's you nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I got this seizure disorder that just affected me mentally. I could, be, I could be in the middle of a conversation in the daytime and I would go blank. And they'd have to get Tracy and she would have to say, Chad, 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 come on, you got to sit down. I'd have grand mal seizures in the middle of the night. And I just, it tore my brain apart. In fact, my best friend, my best friend still probably tells stories how we would play cards and he would, he would just make fun of me so bad. He would tell me I had a different hand than what I had. I mean, he took advantage of me. All, in fact, you took advantage of me all the time. We did. Yeah. They just thought they'd get away with it. The drugs that they put me on were just ridiculous. Slowed me right down to I was just a zombie. I went through all kinds of tests, went through all kinds of things for many, many months, and I am still amazed. Here I am hired for my mind, and my mind is gone. God, trust. You said, tell me to trust you. How can I do that? Trust you. And the Lord, with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. I don't understand, God. I hear you, you. You've given me a creative mind, but now you've taken it away. And now I have the best job I thought I could ever have. I, could, I, I had more resources. If I could dream it, the money was there to do it. And you've taken it all away from me, God. I got mad at God. Can, can I just be honest with you? Anybody ever been mad at God? Oh, man. By the way, it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> and he's okay with it. He's big enough. And then I realized something. I felt like God just speak to me. It said, Chad, if I was to let you have your, your, your sweet job, and you were to keep going down the way that you were going, you were already full of pride. You would have become an arrogant, prideful man. And I had to knock you down. And when he said that, I was like, thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Because that's not what I want. And over the years, God has restored me. God has put the, the seizures on a back burner where I'm on medication to help keep it at bay. They still don't know why I have medication or why I have seizures. But I struggle with it. But I had to get to that point where I said, I trust you, God. I trust you. I don't understand, God. Take this from me, God but I'm going to still cooperate from you. I'm still going to cooperate with you. You know, after we worked there for three years, and the pastor there, Carl Eastlack, was just an incredible man of God, hard man of God. He worked us hard, but a godly man. And um, 
Trace and I, we got the, the feeling uh, uh, from we feel it was God to get into more lead ministry, to become a lead pastor again, to plant a church again, to, to get back into preaching. And, and I remember Trace and I talking about that, and I said, okay, let's, let's talk to Pastor Carl. Let's see what he's thinking. And, and then we found this place in Mount Pleasant that was a brand new church plant that was just starting, and they were looking for a pastor. And I remember going into Pastor Carl's office, and I remember saying, Pastor Carl, I, I want to go check this church out that I feel God may be leading us into. And he says, Chad, I need your resignation right now. I'm like, what? You want my resignation right? But Carl, I just want to go. I don't know what God wants. That's fine. If you're looking somewhere else, then you don't want to be here, and I need your resignation. I said, Carl, I don't know if I want to stay, if God wants me to stay, or if God wants me to go. Our, our theme song, should I stay or should I go? I don't know how many times we sang that song. I mean, we sang that song over and over and over in our heads. Should stay or should I go? <laughs> and Carl said, I want your resignation right now. I can't give. No, I said, no, Carl, I'm not giving you my resignation. He goes, then you're not going back to Michigan. You're staying here then. And I said, Carl, I said, listen, can, can I go and I, can I just go preach? And if they choose to vote on me, then I'll give you my resignation. He goes, I want you to surrender, to give your resignation before you know what the vote is so that I know we're not second place. I said, okay, I'll do that. So we came to Michigan and in Mount Pleasant and we preached at this church and we got up and we just felt God's love and we felt that this is where God wanted us. And I told the board uh, to, to, yeah, vote on us to see if they want us. And we were the fourth candidate. They had turned the other three people down. They said no. And so we had no idea if this was even going to work. But I remember calling Carl and I said, Carl, I said, here's my verbal resignation. I'm allowing them to vote on me. I resign. I'll give you my, my formal resignation tomorrow morning. And I do not know what the vote is. I'm honoring your wishes. I do not know what the vote is. And it wasn't until later, later that night, I think, we got a vote, or we got a call and saying that it was, we were, it was a unanimous vote to bring us in. And then all of a sudden, things started moving. Things started happening. And it was like, oh my goodness, God, what are you doing in our lives? And we had to trust. We had to not worry about comprehending. Mm -hmm. We had to acknowledge him that we're your children. We, and then we knew that with that, our path would be directed and straightened by him. And we're so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we moved um, to Mount Pleasant and Chad lives in a pop-up trailer because we didn't have anywhere to live. It happened so fast. <laughs> it was just a crazy journey. Um, where God just said, trust me, you guys, trust me, I'll get you into a house. You're going to be fine. Me and the kids would bounce back and forth between my parents' house and his parents' house um, throughout the week. Thankfully, it was summer, and on the weekends, we'd go to Mount Pleasant, and when I looked at what he was eating, I saw these frozen burrito wrappers in the garbage. I'm like, what have you been eating all week? He's like, they have only 50 cents. And oh, I'm like, that's disgusting. So it was crazy how that whole ministry started. And it's even crazier because about 10, 11 years later, we felt God stirring again for us to move to a different church. And uh, we started in a camper and we ended in a camper. <laughs> 
because the first thing we did after we resigned to our church, we didn't know where we were going, but again, we just felt that because we trusted God. We felt his call in our life. And so we put our house up for sale and guess what? It sold like right away. Um, and that was around February. We had a senior in high school and we had a sophomore in high school. And um, our oldest had already gotten married and moved out of the house, but we sold our house in February and we needed to finish school out in to, through June. Cause obviously we didn't even know where we were going. So we, uh, I, I remember when we asked the church, um, hey, uh, would you guys mind if we plugged a motorhome into the church electricity and lived in the parking lot until we knew where we were going? And they said yes. And we're like, oh, I don't know if that makes me happy or sad. But we started the ministry in a camper and we ended in a camper. It was crazy. Went through soccer season and um, prom and just freezing cold. It was nuts. And again, it was one of those things. Trust in the Lord. Now, this whole time, our kids are watching. Our kids are involved in this too. And this is the cool part. When we cooperate with God, when we get on the same page as him, now a lot of times, and especially in our life, it didn't happen like that, right? It was, we felt God speaking, we felt God talking to us, and we kind of like knew that we should trust God and we knew that we shouldn't lean on our own understanding. But sometimes it took us a, a little while. Can you guys relate to that? It took a little while for God to soften our heart. And one thing that I'm so grateful for is that when we had our freak out moments, because we had them, we never had a freak out moment at the same exact mm. time, which was really a good thing. <laughs> um, because one of us, at least at, at some point, was at least sort of sane and, and spiritual, right? And we were like, trust the Lord. Um, so all of this stuff just came to life so much for us. And especially, like I said, with our kids, and um, as we just felt God move us to different areas in our ministry and in our life. So we, um, we did get a job finally. Um, we didn't stay homeless forever. And funny thing, after the um, school was over, we were able to move out of the camper, right? Because we told the church, okay, we'll only be there until the last day of school. We just want our kids to finish out. And of course, we want Maddie to graduate from Mount Pleasant High School. Um, then we moved into, okay, follow me here my our daughter's in-laws basement <laughs> talk about trust in the lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding we're in our daughter's in-laws basement we're like hey guys thankfully we were really good friends but we're like uh we need a place to live um can we use your basement and they said absolutely come on over but every single thing that went on in our life god figured it out even though we had sleepless nights of trying to figure it out. Have you guys ever done that? And you're like, well, if we do this, then this can happen and then that'll fall right. Okay, perfect. Well, God's ways are not our ways. And I'm so thankful for that. Comprehension, the why, the understanding is not required for cooperation when it comes to our spiritual life and our walk with God. So here we are, we move over to the west side of the state. And um, it was 2019, and it was around December of 2019. No, it would have been December of 2018, actually. And um, I, all of a sudden, I, I had this pain in my face, like on the right side of my face. And I immediately rolled my eyes, and I'm like, great, an abscessed tooth. Have you, have you guys ever had that? Just that pain, like, oh. And it was the weekend, and I'm like, oh, I gotta make an appointment with the dentist on Monday. and 
you know, shell out a ton of money, probably for a root canal and a crown just to get it fixed. Well, over the course of the weekend, I, um, I tried to locate and isolate what tooth it was, and I couldn't because actually what was happening is the pain was moving. And it was moving like from my ear all the way down and it would kind of radiate up into my head. It was horrible pain. And I'm, I'm beginning to kind of think, man, this is not an abscess tooth. Like this is something more. And um, so instead of making a dentist appointment, I made a doctor's appointment. And I went to the doctor and the, the kind of pain, let me just really quick kind of describe it a little bit. The best way that I can describe it that about 50% of the congregation will understand is kind of like a contraction, okay? So the pain kind of came in waves and then it went, would go away. And then it would come back in waves and then it would go away. And so most excruciating pain I've ever been through in my entire life. So I go to the doctor and this is such a God thing. Within about five minutes of me describing my pain, uh, my doctor said, I think you have trigeminal neuralgia. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard of that. It's a very rare condition where you have what's called a um, trigeminal nerve. You've got two of them in your brain, one on each side of your brain, and each one has um, three kind of um, nerves that come off that main, main nerve. And it controls the the feeling and, and the sensations in your face, okay? That's what the trigeminal nerve does. And so what trigeminal, trigeminal neuralgia is, is when the nerve and the artery touch. And so in other words, kind of like your heart beats, it's like banging on your nerve. Now, after I got my diagnosis, um, and, and here's the other thing too with it. You can't treat it with narcotics. You can't treat it with pain medication because it works differently because it's a nerve. And even if you can find a nerve medication that works, it very frequently will absorb into your body and become ineffective. So it's like medication after medication, constant adjusting just to be able to get out of bed. No lie. Um, so I made a, a big mistake when I, when my doctor diagnosed me is I Googled it when I got home. <laughs> and the first thing I read was trigeminal neuralgia, otherwise known as the suicide disease. And it scared me to death. And um, throughout kind of the process of what happened, the pain got worse. Multiple medications came and went and failed. I finally found one that, that made the pain tolerable. And I'm telling you guys, my life changed. My life changed. I couldn't even, I couldn't even be around people and then another wave would come and I'd just have to go by myself and try to figure out what I'm gonna do with it. I wasn't sleeping. You don't eat, you don't do anything. So I, I finally found a medication that worked and then three weeks later, got a life-threatening allergy that I developed to that medication, the one that actually worked. And I am... I got to tell this story, though. Oh, brother. We, we, so she's reacting to this medication, and, and her entire body breaks out in hives and swells up. Swells up, yeah. Swells like up. And so we're in the ER in Grand Rapids, and you know, you know something is really wrong when the doctors go... Hey guys, come look at this. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> when the doctors are saying, "Hey, can I take a picture of you?" <laughs> and that's okay, what no, was sit down. okay. Okay, sit sorry. Down. It's my turn. 
<laughs> it is true, though. That did happen. So it was just this crazy journey. Now, here's the thing. I am, by nature, a glass half full person. I am I'm typically always see the positive side. I'm the one cheering Chad up, right? I'm the one that's like, God's got this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That was not the case with this. That was not the case with this at all. I was scared to death. I thought my life was over. And I would daydream, and I don't want to get too graphic, but I would daydream of ways that I could get put in a coma and just be in the hospital and not be coherent because the pain was so unbelievable. Well, I remember having, like, lack of a better term, a come-to-Jesus moment. It was literally a come-to-Jesus moment. After a couple months of just just total despair and hopelessness, um, and God said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And it struck me in such a way that I will never forget it. And then God followed up with this. He said, do you think you could do a better job with your life than I can? I was like, oh, no, I don't. So I completely surrendered to him and said, God, you got this. I don't know what to do. I have no answers. Well, I was thankfully then led to this doctor right in Grand Rapids who did the surgery because thankfully so many things, God had his hand on me, so many things. Um, I I had an MRI and they were able to pinpoint exactly where the intersection was happening. So they do the surgery where... All they do is they cut into your brain and um, they put, that's all they do is just open up your brain and, um, and they put a piece of like Teflon and coat the nerve so that when the artery bangs up against it, it pads it. And that took care of it for me. I'm still on some medication, but nobody would ever know that that happened to me. And that is all because of God and that miracle. But trusting in God, cooperating with God means... God, I'm going to surrender even if I don't necessarily like the way that it turns out. And that's where I was in that moment with God. No matter what my life looks like from here on out, I know it's got to be all about you. And it was amazing, the, the stories that came from that. I, during my um, surgery, Chad was communicating to one of my best friends who's not a believer that I work with. And we're part of a national training team for who um, this company that we work for. And she was, like I said, not a believer, sharing my testimony over Facebook to the other trainers in the United States, telling them, Tracy's faith is really strong. She's really trusting the Lord. Like she didn't even know what she was saying. And she was testifying on my behalf, my faith in God. And so it, it was just really remarkable the way that God works everything out, everything out. Yeah, and um, that doesn't even get into how we got here, yeah. does it? We, you, we haven't even told you how we got here. And I'm going to only say this because of time. We know without a shadow of a doubt, God wants us here. And the only reason we know that is because we've learned, we've learned to trust in the Lord, to lean not on our own understandings, and in all our ways to acknowledge Him. And church, we're just scratching the surface of of you getting to know who we are. Mm -hmm. We've got so many other things, so many other God moments. But Tracy, will you... um, 
Will you read that scripture that we talked about yeah, in Deuteronomy? Sure. So we were we were just kind of going through this, and uh, as we were talking about this message, which by the way, did you guys notice that Chad's the crier in the family? <laughs> <laughs> he gets choked up. I love your sensitive heart. I'm not making fun of you. A little bit, I'm making fun of you. But um, <laughs> no, we aren't the only ones. You aren't the only ones that go through times of testing and times where you really have to trust God. And it made us think of the children of Israel, right? Um, you may know this story, but basically God had the children of Israel. They were working in, in um, Egypt. They were slaves to this evil Pharaoh. And God, through a, like many miraculous different ways, God brought them out of Egypt. And so I'm going to read um, Deuteronomy chapter 1, 26 through 33. Um, and this is like kind of after 40 years of wandering through the desert, by the way, 40 year, 40 year journey for a journey that should only have taken 11 days. Mm-hmm. Should have only taken 11 days, but it took them 40 years mm-hmm. because of, well, I'm going to read it. This is Moses kind of telling the next generation, the children of these children of Israel that were wandering around for 40 years, um, kind of what the last 40 years looked like. All right, here we go. This is what it says. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say, the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with the walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. And listen to this part, you guys. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way that you should go. And it's so amazing that when we are in situations that feel completely impossible, God's peace can come over us and we can begin to trust him. We can begin to not try to figure it out in our own mind, right? Hmm. But we can cooperate with God, even though we don't have all those details filled in. God is in control and he loves us so much. Yeah. And you know, after everything that these people, the children of Israel went through, we read this in Deuteronomy chapter two, verse seven. Check it out behind me because this is what it says. Look at it. It says, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. The 28 plus years that we have been together, we have not lacked anything. And that's all because of God. That's That's all because of God. 40 years these people lived in fear. Why? Why? Because I think they struggled with trust. They struggled with trust. So here's the question. What about you, my friends? What about you? We're all on a journey right now. We're on a journey. We're all moving from point A to point B to point whatever. And are you letting fear control you? Or are you letting, are you letting God in your life? And are you trusting him first? And that trust to control you. 
Are you in the middle of something where, where maybe you have no understanding? No understanding, no comprehension. I don't understand a single thing that's going on, and I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like where I'm at. I don't understand. Then you have a choice to make, just like we all have a choice to make. Are you going to trust Are you going to stop trying to lean on your own understanding? Are you going to acknowledge him? And are you going to let him direct your path? It took us a long time to learn that. took us a long time. Because here's the reality. Comprehension is not required for cooperation. I don't have to understand. And as soon as we let that go... Peace came in. A cooperative spirit came in. Said, okay, Father, whatever you want. And church, I know that Jesus loves us so very much, and he has an incredible journey that that he has for you personally and for us collectively as a church body, but it's going to require trust. It's going to require trust. And I can't tell you how many times that that I've been in the middle of a storm in my life and I've had to repeat these words over and over and over. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you to where it just became a mantra in my life because even though there's battle that's going on where I don't understand God and I don't know, I don't like what I'm doing and my stomach is in knots. And even I'm angry. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Can you say that? Maybe you can't even mean it right now, but even as we say it, as we say it over and over and over again, something begins to happen. Faith begins to boil up. My hope begins to rise. My confidence in God begins to soar. My anxiety begins to get pushed down and decline. My fear begins to subside. Because I know that I know that I know my God is in control. And everything that is being done in my life is done from a loving standpoint, not out of a hateful spite but he loves me. And I don't know if you don't have any other tools in your life. And man, I use this every time I felt something well up inside of me. Maybe you need to use it every minute of your life. That's fine. But we have to get to that point where we say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. That's the beginning of it all. If I want God to lead me, I have to start with, I trust. I have to start there. So if you're here this morning and and something, you feel God stirring you, maybe it's because you're in a situation right now where you don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. Or maybe you're here and you're thinking about all the different places that God has had you on your journey and how your trust has grown to help you to be the Christian that you are today. You know, we're going we're gonna to worship in a little bit. And, and as always, just come to the altar, you know. Let's just kneel down and surrender to God, especially if you're going through a hard time right now. 
and you want somebody to pray for you, this is, this is for you. This is for you to physically surrender to God. And there might be some of you today that you don't even know what we're talking about. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard about trusting Jesus. Like, who is this God that we trust? We're going to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to ask that all of us stand. And whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you want to receive Jesus into your life, maybe for the first time, or maybe you just want to repeat after me because you just want to reaffirm that faith. You want to just bolster up that trust that you have in him. Why don't you bow your heads this morning and just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we are so grateful. God, we're so grateful for how you have led us to this place. And God, I surrender my life to you. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. And I pray that you would just come into my life and make me new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you come forward if you want to pray or just worship our God as we continue to sing. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.